Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Father, we truly affirm your lordship, your greatness, your majesty, and your power. And we thank you now as our hearts are open for you to speak. We love you. We bless your name. We give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, You know, I'm believing for the wind of the Holy Spirit and to blow through our lives and through this church like never before. We are in a, Pete mentioned this, we're in a season of transition. As we were worshiping, a powerful worship this morning. We're in a great season of transition. Some of you, as Claire alluded to, you, you may be baptized in the Holy Spirit as we worship. Where God literally just sweeps His hand through the house. See, when God does something, we don't have to try to enhance it or psych it up and make it bigger than it is. Just tell it like it is. I don't have to exaggerate it. And that's the great, one of the great things about worship is you cannot exaggerate His greatness. You cannot exaggerate His majesty. You cannot exaggerate how big, how mighty, and how powerful, and how awesome it is. It is impossible in your worship and praise to make God any bigger than He is. We can't conceive His greatness, His awesome majesty and power. And so, I'm trying to just kind of get my direction right now. I'm aware of the time, and I don't want to keep you here all day. But, you know, I want to share. Gosh, guys, you're just going to have to jump around with me today because I'm going to have to shorten this a little bit. But I just feel like there's some things that God wants to do and is doing, and we're in a season of transition, and I cannot even prophetically right now explain to you all the details of it. I just know what I'm sensing in my spirit. And that is we are in a season of transition. And uh, we never are supposed to stop going and growing or stop short of what God has for us. How many of you would say with me, even though you don't understand it all and where you can just define it, But you would be willing to say with me this morning, God, I want everything you have for me. Everything. I don't want to come up short. I don't want to stop short. Transition can be uncomfortable because we get settled in a place and it feels okay, it feels right, you know, and then, boy, God will just say, you know what? the wind begins to blow. We are supposed to be continually learning and growing and focusing on things that produce godliness in our lives. So this morning in, in Genesis chapter 11, most of us know or are familiar, and I preached it before, the story of 
Terah or Terah, you, however you pronounce, however you want to pronounce Abram's father. In verse 31 and 32 of, of chapter 11, as we get into that, I want everybody to say with me, God's got more for me. He has more for you. He has more for you to do. He has more work for you to do, but he has work to do on the inside of you as well. God's not finished, Herminia. He's not. Coach, God's not finished with us. I mean, we had, we had church in here Wednesday night. Dear God, if you, what an awesome message. Well, God had more for Terah, Abram's father. And in verse 31 of Genesis 11, Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife. And they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go to, go to the land of Canaan. They were going to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. Now remember, they were going to Canaan but they stopped in Haran. So the days of Terah were 205 years and he died in Haran. Now, if you'll allow me, I want us to paint a picture of Canaan being a place, not necessarily geographically, but in the spirit that God is taking us to as a church and you as individual. How many of you believe and know in your heart that there are things that God still has promised you that have not come to pass yet? That you have seen in the Spirit and that you have heard His voice and you know that you know that you know that there's more, Bob. Well, Canaan is a metaphor for where God is taking us. Abram's father, he heads out to Canaan, but he stops short in Haran, and he ends up dying there. Now, people speculate as to why he had lost a son there. He had a son die there. And some people speculate that it was, you know, an emotional, stressful, traumatic time for him in fact, he had a son there that he named after that place. And there are a lot of reasons, there are a lot of things that can cause us to stop. You know, maybe a sentimental attachment, an attitude, an agreement, an ungodly agreement, an offense. How many people do you know who have stopped going to church because they got offended there? They stopped in that place of offense. But you know what I've noticed about that? They can get offended at work, but they still go every day. You know, something that somebody did, an experience, a mindset that causes us to settle in a place that causes us to fall short of what God has for us as a people and as individuals. But I want you to know, God is calling to us today and saying, I did not call you to live in that place of offense. I did not call you to settle in Haran. 
We way back in the day, I mean way back in the day, we used to sing a song, I am bound for the promised land. That is more than just heaven. So today I know God wants to stir some things in us and I want to release some things in this house today because I always realize and know this, your Canaan is about more than just you. Your promised land is about more than just you. Your promotion is about God's agenda. And so it's important. Let me tell you some things that can cause us to stop short. I want you to tell, just look at your neighbor right now to get a little interaction going and say, I won't stop short. Your family culture can cause you to stop short. Family pain and dynamics can cause us to hold back. Realizing that there is a time when God will call you to do something greater than maybe you've even experienced in your family. Where God will cause you to be a first in your family. You know, I'd never thought about this all my life, but as far as I know, in my family, I was the first one that ever went to college. Glory to God. Thinking outside the mindset of this is the way life is and this is probably all I'll ever have, family culture can cause you to miss the mark. Now, based on the culture of where I was born and raised, some of you are familiar with it, the way I came up and the way I grew up, I probably should have gone to work in the coal mines, and there's nothing wrong with working in the coal mines. They're hard-working, salt-of-the-earth people. But the way that I grew up and where I grew up, if you went to work in the coal mines, if you lived to be 60 years old, you were an old man because you died of black lung disease. Non-union minds, where they didn't have a lot of, if they didn't die in a cave in, that was pretty much, that's what you did there. That was the industry there. And if you didn't go off to college, and I, I was the first one that, that even, even thought about that, but God can take you beyond your family culture. You do not have to be limited by the way your family saw it, the way grandma and grandpa and some of you got some good heritage and that's great, but I'm telling you, if there are limits back there, it is time to step beyond those limits in your life and realize that God has a future for you that is painted by his hand and painted by his destiny. Well, nobody in my family could ever sing. What's that got to do with you? Of course, I know nobody in my family could sing either. But I can. I, hey, you know what I'm going to ask? I still can. My family history is not my destiny. How different for us would it have been if Abraham had followed simply the pattern of his father? I'm glad Abraham didn't stop. <laughs> I'm glad Abraham kept going. Somebody say amen. amen. Number two, the second thing that can stop you is discouragement. Has anybody in here ever, ever in your life gotten discouraged besides me? 
Well, that's one or two of us. But let me tell you something about discouragement. Discouragement left unchecked can take you out. Every now and then you need to have a meeting with yourself. You need to have a talk with yourself. We get on the journey and failure happens. Anybody in here besides me again ever tried and failed? Again, one or two of us. And you tried again and failed. But here's the thing. When discouragement comes your way, and it will, how you respond is crucial. When things don't go like you thought they would, when the enemy gets in things around you so he can try to get at what's in you, here's a wake-up call. When things begin to happen around you, Realize it's not just about what's happening around you. The enemy wants to get at what's in you. That is good preaching, Brother Scotty. The enemy gets in things you can see to try to undermine the things that you can't see. He's after your joy because when your joy goes, your strength goes. Even when things don't look so good... Here's what I've discovered, a key to this. Even when things don't look so good and discouragement tries to come against you, worship him because he is good even when things don't look good. All of us have been there. Worship your way through it. I said worship your way through it. The enemy will fight worship because, coach, he knows its power. He knows how powerful it is. Do you realize and know that one of the first things the enemy attacked in creation was worship? I will ascend to the throne of the Most High. I will be like God. I will receive the worship because the enemy knows the power of worship. And there are times in my life, in your life, watch this, listen. When you can't do anything else, you can grab the hand of that sweetheart like we did and we couldn't do anything else, but we worship God. We sang a song. We sang those songs I sang to you this morning together in worship. And because God begins to move and things begin to happen and your uh, discouraging attitude begins to lift, if you can't do anything else, get on your face and worship Almighty God. Because no matter what is going on, he is worthy of your love. He is worthy of your worship. He is worthy of your praise. Everybody say, worship your way through it. In fact, let's say it this way. I will worship my way to Canaan. I won't stop short. Thirdly, one of the other things that tries to stop you short is condemnation. Condemned about opportunities that we've missed. Let me ask you another question again, see if I'm the only one. Anybody in here ever lay awake every now and then thinking about opportunities you wish you had handled differently and taken advantage of besides moi? Oh, that's a few of us. Anybody else ever feel like, boy, I blew that season? 
I blew that opportunity the way I, you know, I squandered an opportunity. And a lot of times we're even harder on ourselves than other people are because we know ourselves so well. But in Romans 8, listen to this. Let me read it to you in the message. With the arrival of Jesus the Messiah, the fateful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here uh, for us no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus like a strong wind has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. Somebody say, I'm free. God is an expert at taking our mess and turning it into a message. He did for Herminia, I'll tell you that. And he'll do it for you. God says, I'll make something out of this if you'll let me. How many, are, how many of you are willing with me this morning to say, God, I'm going to let you <laughs> make a message out of this mess? You can do it. Number four, helplessness. Helplessness can cause you to stop short. Living in beliefs that create a helpless pattern in our lives. Now, it may look and feel different for all of us, but I want you to know we don't have to live in that pattern. What do I mean by that? We have to know the Word of God well enough to compare what's in our minds with what's in Scripture. To realize and know that those thoughts that are trying to consume us minute after minute, hour after hour, day after day, when you know the Scripture well enough to know to compare what is in your mind and what is abound, trying to jump around in your uh, spirit and even in your dreams to compare it with the Word of God and realize, no, wait just a minute. That is not right. This is not right. Understand God's Word so well that when something gets in our head that doesn't belong there, here's what we do, and I want everybody to say with me, kick out the squatters. I got news for you. Devil, my mind is filled with the Word of God, the presence of God, and the Spirit of God. You are not going to rent a room in the back of my mind and try to tell me how to live my life and what to do. I'm going to kick you out. Everybody say, kick out the squatters. When you do that, there is, there, there is a difference uh, that we can do something about it because worry, here, here's what I've discovered. Worry, fear, unbelief all have one thing in common. They're atheists. I'm going to let that bounce around a minute because you didn't get it. Worry, fear, and unbelief share one common trait. They are atheists. They will never, ever come to you and factor God in the equation. They will always paint the worst case scenario. Boy, that is good teaching right there. And one way, and we're going to wrap this up, 
that we move out of helplessness. We move out of discouragement. One way that we grow, one way that we continue to move forward is this. We take an action step. Take a step and engage it. Everybody say, I won't stop short. I won't stop short. I will go forward. It's not all about me. So, and this is really what I was wanting to get to today. I, I cut through a lot. And I was going to say to make sure I got to this point. Ezekiel chapter 37. We are going to take some action steps today by loosing some things in this house and in our lives. In Ezekiel 37, you've heard it preached. He says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were many, very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered and said, O Lord God, you know. And he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath, breath, to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds. I release that word into this house today. Holy Spirit, come from the four winds. Breath of God, breathe on this house. Breathe on this people. Breathe on us, almighty King of glory. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and, and, thus, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceeding great army. Yesterday, I'm going to comment on this, but I want to, I want to share a personal word with you yesterday. God, I felt I was trying to find out about something I really didn't even understand about and and I've, I suddenly came in, in contact with the word Joshua tree. 
Now, how many of you know, any, anybody familiar with the, the term Joshua tree? Not many. I wasn't. I don't even know if I'd ever heard of it. So I started doing some research, and, and I found out, what is a Joshua tree? And here's what I found out. A Joshua tree can grow in places that are so rugged and so rough where the climate is so harsh that nothing else grows, they can not only grow there, they can thrive there. And here's the thing I found out that was so encouraging to me. They were named, somebody, some of the old uh, explorers that crossed the United States uh, named them Joshua trees because when they saw them, they looked like Joshua standing with his arms lifted up toward heaven. But you know what I discovered about a Joshua tree? A Joshua tree does not reach maturity, full maturity, until it is 60 years old. I want y'all to say with me, I'm a tree. I'm a Joshua tree. Not only that, they live an unbelievably long life. I'm saying all of this to say God is stirring his word and his wind in our house. His word and his wind. And here's something that that I believe is so important and it all ties together in this message today. Worship invites the wind of the Holy Spirit. That's why Satan hates it so much. What happened in this house this morning as we were worshiping God and you could feel the presence of God, you could... It was everywhere, every word. It was anointed. Worship invites the wind of the Holy Spirit. Blow over us, wind of the Holy Spirit. And as you worship, not only in this house, but out there, you invite the wind of the Holy Spirit to blow on you and give you a word about being a Joshua tree. How many Joshua trees in the house? All right. So I said all that to say this. Ezekiel is looking at some things that are dead and they're not changing. And God asked him a question. He says, you see those things that are dead and not changing? I have a question for you, Ezekiel. Can these bones live? He says, Lord, you know. A prophetic posture of humility saying, God, in other words, it's not man's opinion. It's not everybody else's opinion. Lord, it's your opinion. What do you say about it? That that is fresh off of the press right there from the throne room of Almighty God. He says, Lord, what you say about it matters most. Somebody say what God says matters most. God tells him to look at something that is dead and that is not changing and do what I tell you to do. 
And Ezekiel says, I spoke as I was commanded. I did what God told me to do. And when I did, the wind began to blow. That's, of course, figurative of the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit. God sends the wind so that the bones can become what was spoken over them. It's the word and the wind. The word and the wind. And another reason why worship is so important, I've already mentioned that, but there is a rattling and a shaking that is happening in the spirit right now. It's not going to happen. It is happening to those that have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Tell your neighbor right now there's a whole lot of shaking going on. The good kind. The rattling and the shaking and the coming together of what was dead and had no hope in the natural of changing is rising to the wind of the Spirit of God. Life is coming into those places that were dead and dry. They are coming together bone upon bone, joint to joint, the muscle, the tissue, the full stature of the measure of the fullness of the anointing of Almighty God is raising up those places that seem like they were dead, the wind of the Spirit of God is blowing on hearts and lives and on this church right now. And they're coming together for good. This, is, this kind of shaking is good. The kind of shaking that God does. Not the kind that we don't give in to that the enemy tries to do. So with that in mind, here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to release some prophetic proclamations over you and over this house and over our city and nation today. And after I say them at the end, I would like all of us in unison to say, be loosed. Let's try it. Everybody say, be loosed. Be loosed. All right. Are you ready? What are we doing? We are growing. We are going. We are not going to stop short. And we're going to do exactly what God told Ezekiel. So let's begin. I release a divine shift from bondage to freedom. All right, we're going to do it again until we get the flow of it. I release a divine shift from bondage to freedom. It's time for God's people to experience their breakthroughs. Strength to stand and win. Yeah, you didn't know I was done, did you? Let's do it again. Strength to stand and win. Those who have been left out, bypassed, and kicked to the back of the line, it's time for a divine reversal. It wouldn't hurt my feelings if you stood up and shout when one just really jumps out at you either. Sudden promotions to positions of influence and authority. Yeah. 
With the help of the Holy Spirit, we will move forward into God's perfect plan for our lives. Oh boy, this next one. My God, my God, my God. A shift from being owned to owning. I got to stop right there just a minute. I got to stop right there just a minute. This is not just about physical possessions. This is about feeling like you are trapped in a place in life that you have no freedom, that you are so limited and you are so held back. God is saying, I am releasing a divine shift from being owned to owning The devil does not have my future. The devil does not have your future. Religion does not have our future. People don't own our future. Freedom to fulfill the gifts and callings of God on our lives. Freedom to fulfill our God-given assignments. God-given dreams, promises, and vision. Now is the time. New beginnings. Father, I thank you for your angels. I summon them in the authority of Jesus Christ and I release them to war for us and our families. Angels of God. Holy Spirit, apply to us the fullness of the work of the cross, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ. We receive it with thanks and give it total claim to our lives. Power for mighty deliverance. Some of you need to grab a hold of this next one. Health, healing and health provided through the finished work of Jesus. Do that one twice. Healing and health provided through the finished work of Jesus. And I release this by faith into this house and I declare we are entering this season season where total deliverance from every disease, infirmity and physical attack of the enemy, total deliverance... Father, you have ordained us to bear much fruit. We decree we are a fruitful people. We decree abundance, prosperity, and plenty. (laughs) Wagons filled, filled with the goods of Egypt heading our way. We decree the wealth of the sinner is being laid up for us. Just as your word says, we decree wealth is being transferred to us individually and corporately. 
Blessings are coming upon us and overtaking us. <laughs> lost harvest, lost business, lost property, lost finances be restored to us. We decree that resources are being restored and multiplied. Words have power, folks. When the Holy Spirit breathes on them. Holy Spirit, come in great power and send forth laborers into the harvest fields in tangible ways. The same God who opened a promised land for Moses and Israel is doing it for us. Places of promise. New Testament churches will now emerge from the culture to rule and reign with Christ. This one's not on the screens, but it came on me this morning. And I'm just standing in it in obedience to God. Apostolic anointing in this house. Apostolic anointing in this house. Apostolic anointing in this house. We pray for a mighty wave of worship and praise to capture the hearts and lives of all God's people. Greater love and intimacy with the Father. We agree with you, Lord. We agree with your words. We agree with your will. Revival in America and the world. We pray that the Holy Spirit and his angels in partnership with the New Testament church will now work together in the greatest mission of the church of all time. The young and the old will participate together. The young and the old will participate together. The young and the old will participate together. Oh God of angel armies. Oh God of angel armies. Oh God of angel armies. Inheritance is finding us. Some of y'all didn't say it. You must not want it. I'll take yours. Inheritance is finding us. Courage and strength to say what God says boldly, with love, and with passion. Courage and strength to not be cowardly, submissive, spineless, politically correct appeasers who compromise the truth. That was a mouthful there. I might want to give some of you another chance on that one. Courage and strength to not be cowardly, submissive, spineless, politically correct appeasers who compromise the truth. In our nation, righteousness will prevail. King Jesus will be honored and the word of the Lord will be obeyed.
Lord, today I speak to every withered spirit, every withered heart, every withered life, every withered hand, every withered vision, and all withered finances. And lastly, Lord, pour into our hands miracles of provision, increase, blessing, and new opportunities. Make us a channel to receive and then give back beyond anything we could have imagined. This is our time to believe God has all the divine interventions that we need in our life to position us to do His will. Touch the hearts and lives of others and fulfill our destiny. We will step up and do exploits with and for God. We will step up, reach out, and go out. Greater works. And just as a way, and just as a way of totally, completely getting in agreement and releasing it, everybody stand up. And right now, I want you to say, over all these decrees, spoken this day, in agreement with the Word of God, and by the Spirit of God, we life church, the family of God, the redeemed, the restored, the saved, the born-again ones, the Spirit-filled ones, We open our mouth and we say, be loosed, be loosed, be loosed in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to Live Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at livechurchmobile.com.